0: let's make no mistake about it. You know, most of the education system is really only geared towards like one or two different kinds of intelligences. It favors people who have a certain kind of intelligence. Um, and, and which is stupid. It's a really stupid way of doing things, but what it can do is that for creative people, for artists, for, you know, it creates such a a fear and a phobia around failure uh and uh and it puts a lot of people off i know that that's something that i uh i i still confront to this day you know like it's i've definitely gotten a lot better at it in terms of exploring it and and having these kinds of conversations right uh not just with you but with other people and and even with myself around it but that's uh that's a terrific thing that you just brought into into this which is that you know that that right or wrong mentality has no place in creativity
1: this is way of the
0: artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art
1: People of the podcast world, welcome to our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we're not going to take things too seriously. We're doing a not-so-serious podcast, which is uh, basically a tradition that Evan and I started in the beginning, which was just, let's uh, roll sound and see what happens and see what we say and see what comes up. But I mean, in all fairness, Evan, it's not like we're entirely off the cuff. You and I are connected pretty regularly. We kind of know what's going on in each other's lives. And I'm sure some of that stuff will come up in the conversation as far as like where this goes, or maybe not, who knows? You never know, but that's Mm -hmm. the thing. We don't take it too seriously. We don't try to control it. And uh, I think one of the important things about these kind of conversations is that, you know, art, the artistic approach, or art in general can be taken a little bit like this. Like sometimes you're going to have a plan. Sometimes you're going to have a direction and sometimes you just have got to go, okay, I want to create and I'm just going to go off pure inspiration and the desire to create is just enough to get started. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure where this is going to go just yet, but uh, that's what I'm going to start with. And uh, you got anything you want to add Evan?
0: Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, I always enjoy the, kind of thrown back to these these conversations um and i think that you know just as a listener uh, if out there uh one of the the neat things about this is that this is these are almost an insight into how we end up coming up with a lot of our topics uh which just starts out as a conversation like hey what's going on for you what's going on for me what what is something what's a what's a thought what's an idea what's a something going on that uh, has been interesting for you or has, you know, been provocative or, you know, anything along those lines, right? Just digging in and mining into the things that are happening, the things that are really happening. That's always the best substance, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, what to pursue, what to go into, what's, what's the real thing. Uh, you know, that's in many ways what I'm teaching actors. It's like, well, what's the thing that's actually happening? And if you're not, not what you think is happening or what you think should be happening, but what is actually happening with that person right in front of you right now? Like what's, that's the thing to get involved with. And when you get involved with the thing that's real, uh, that's when, uh, when I think really, really cool things start to happen. So uh, I imagine that's somewhat what we're going to gonna jump into now. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys the ride. And uh, let's do it.
1: Let's, do, know, it, let's do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I started teaching uh, another class recently and something came up that it was a reminder th- how much people try to get things right. You know, um, something I'm noticing is like, there's this kind of know i forget about this because like i've been in the arts for like you know most of my life at this point and it's just like um when you're in the arts you have to at some point accept that there isn't really a right or wrong and yeah good and bad is not so black and white and you know and and i don't just mean good and like like poor quality like good quality poor quality but also good goodness and badness are not as black and white. And, you know, you learn this as you kind of navigate through because you start to develop, uh, you know, I think not, maybe not everybody, but I think for a lot of the arts, they demand a certain amount of empathy and understanding and, you know, comprehension of like why people do what they do, you know, uh, for example, to write an antagonist or, uh, you know, a bad guy in your movie. Um, Traditionally, you could write a baddie, and they could just be this evil person. But in more modern uh, storytelling, we tend to—I um, wouldn't say prefer, but like—I think stories have evolved in a sense where there's like, well, we want to understand it a little bit. We want to uh, like bad just doesn't come out of nowhere. There's there's reasoning behind it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just like. Um, good quality, poor quality, all that stuff. Anyway, my point is, is that something I've been realizing is a lot of times people want to get the right answer. They want to do it right. And something I continually remind people I work with is like, you know, there is no right answer. You know, the right answer is something that you're going to have to kind of like find, you know, and in fact, getting it wrong or getting the wrong answer is a part of finding your way to the right answer. So I think, um, you know, for people who are scared to kind of like be a little bit off the cuff or to just like roll with it, you know, that type of thing is if you can recognize that you're like, well, what, what's going on here? Like, am I scared to make a mistake? Am I scared? I'm going to, you know, and maybe you attribute like making a mistake to embarrassment or being less than or whatever. And those are all layers you can go down. But I think like, for these conversations one of the things that we disband is like well look we might get it wrong we might make mistakes we might stumble a little bit but we will find our way and we don't look at it as like something negative about ourselves it's just a part of the creative process of like we're including our audience a little bit in the brainstorming process as opposed to just the polished product and there's value in that because you know it's actually we're living what we talk about we're living the creative process and and that's what we're encouraging people to do yeah
0: yeah no you you uh you open up a terrific can of worms here off the top brandon <laughs> all uh, right yeah no it's uh it's and again yeah in in, in my class one of the first things when people start going through the the meisner work you know something that my teacher had said was a message that he had said to us and it's one i continue to to pass along which is you know the need to get it right works against you uh in in doing what we're trying to do and i think that uh this is one of those challenges that uh we come up with in in our society And one that, uh, the quicker we can address it and confront it, the better. Uh, and you know, it, it, it has to begin within, you know, ourselves. and, And when you can start to do that for yourself, that's, that's the most important thing. But, um, yeah, like when it comes to creativity, you know, just creativity in any, in, in any respect, uh, it doesn't, creativity does not. Work or thrive in a space of right or wrong, right? Like creativity is play. Creativity is trial and error. Creativity is experimentation, exploration. Um, and there is no there there is no objective right or wrong when it comes to it. There, I, I would argue that there is a there is a sort of subjective right or wrong, but that's in that the only the only person that matters to is for you, the person who's creating it, right? Like, of course there will be, you know, critics and people who come along and they, they critique and they judge creativity and stuff like that. But that's really ultimately not any of your business, you know, yeah. like, there, that's not, that's, that that's, that's none of, that's none of your business. Ultimately it's your engagement with creativity and what is the right thing for you in doing this? What is, how is this thing that you're doing, how is it speaking to you um, in terms of of what it needs to be? Right? So I think that there's, it, it, but in terms of there being an objective right or wrong in creativity, there isn't. that. That's just an idea. That's a toxic idea to just put out of your head it's a challenge because we are most of us conditioned to the sense of there's right and there's wrong, you know, there's the check mark and there's the X, you know, on the question. And the X is bad. The more X's that you get, the, you know, the worse your grade. And that means disaster for your life. You know, that means you're not, you're not smart that means that uh, you're not going anywhere that means that you can't get into a good school that means that you can't get a good job that means it just means you're no good you know that's if we boil it really wanted to still down like what what the way that we go about that in terms of our education the the obsession and focus on that as being a reflection of of what of value is is so is so disastrous because that's ultimately what it it's saying it's it's a measure of your worth you know and if you don't and if you don't perform under what are very specific conditions let's make no mistake about it you know most of the education system is really only geared towards like one or two different kinds of intelligences. It favors people who have a certain kind of intelligence. Um, and, and which is stupid. It's a really stupid way of doing things. But what it can do is that for creative people, for artists, for, you know, it creates such a a fear and a phobia around failure. Uh, and, uh, and it puts a lot of people off. I know that that's something that, I, uh, I, I still confront to this day, you know, like it's, I've definitely gotten a lot better at it in terms of exploring it and, and having these kinds of conversations, right. Uh, not just with you, but with other people and, and even with myself around it. But that's, uh, that's a terrific thing that you just brought into, into this, which is that, you know, that, that right or wrong mentality has no place in creativity, It has no place in creativity.
1: Yeah. And if it does have anything, it's very minimal, like very like elementary, you know, to the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things is like, you know, I think people sometimes come into the arts or they come into something like this and then they try to apply principles that they learned in other areas and it doesn't work in the arts. I've seen lots of athletes, myself included, you know, I was an athlete when I was younger and being an athlete, you know, if you want to do something well, you just practice it and practice it and practice it. And then you get really proficient at it. And if you put a lot of practices together and you figure out how to coordinate them, you know, you become a pretty good athlete. Right. And it's a, it's quite simple. Uh, there is a, a certain amount of creativity and ingenuity that comes into actually playing a game and dealing with the dynamic obstacles of sport, but your practice is a lot of what you rely on to be able to perform. Mm -hmm. And I think like uh, with the arts, you know, you can come at it with practice. You can, you can practice a lot of things and those will be helpful. I'm not saying don't do them, but um, there's a certain amount of rigidity, you know, to practice and what art demands of you is It's, it demands a flexibility and it demands more dynamic, uh, approach dynamic expression. And this means that, you know, something that would work in one scenario might go against what you think, you know, how to do, you know, um, like, uh, I don't know, just acting is like a great example of this. For example, you read a scene, And you read the scene, and when you read it, you go, Oh, at this moment, this person gets sad. And it might even say it in the script. They start crying. And you're like, Well, that's what happens. And it's like, That's not what happens. That's what someone assumes happens. Maybe that's what you assumed happened, or maybe that's what the writer assumed happened, but that doesn't mean that's what happens. And the creative mind needs to look at something and be like, Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Like they cry. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I'm not like this, like, you, like, and I think, you know, if I could give an actor any advice, and this is something I would give myself at a younger age, anytime that any directive in any script ever tells you how to feel, just cross it out with a big black marker, just get rid of it. It's not helping you. I'm telling you, it's actually um, it's, it's a prison, you know, you, you shouldn't even look at that. It's, it's, you know, and, you know, it's bad writing. First of all, the only reason why there should ever be emotion written, particularly in a a screenplay is to help suggest or inform what is going on so that people understand it. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad writing. If someone does that, but for the actor who's receiving this, you need to be Um, You need to not look at the script as like this right or wrong thing. You need to look at it as like a work in progress, even Mm -hmm. if it's gone through like 30 drafts and they've like, they've just sweated over every word and every little thing you need to look at it. Like it's all new again. And it's just so important. And, and I think in our like schooling system when we get something we go this is it this is the final answer this is the solution this is yeah. it and in art you look at it more like this is the beginning of the thing it's not the end of it and and i'm gonna find the end which is not yet written or created it's gonna be discovered and that's often done in the moment you know yeah later <laughs> and uh when you're in it and um you just have to kind of trust that it built enough of the foundation for you to, to find out what's built upon it. And that's like a weird way to approach life. If your whole life you've been going about life, like everything is there's a right final answer and art is like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, it can be uncomfortable because as we've spoken about so many times, creativity is in an unknown space creativity yes. and you have to go into that unknown space with it in order to <laughs> in order to do it and that can make that can be a very uncomfortable thing but it is it is the price of admission when it comes to true creativity totally. I wanted to to also touch on just a few things about what you were saying as well in terms of uh, acting and writing and, and in, in relationship uh, that relationship that exists there you know when it comes to and, and i know this is specific for actors but it's it's because this is like an interesting debate that that goes on in in the acting world which is just like well you have to honor the author's words and uh and for a lot of a lot of actors they think that that includes the the those kinds of directions like this is the emotion that you are supposed to portray and uh, the punctuation. This is this is supposed to be how this is said, and you know I I don't think there's any hard and fast rule to that. I think that sometimes, uh, it's more important than than, and sometimes it's it's less important. Uh, sometimes it gives you a clue into something, but not always. I I, I think that ultimately though, you have to uh, give yourself permission to to throw it away. Uh, But there are some weird little things around that, which is a lot of the times in a script when there's a certain point of action, uh, whether it's, oh, they get, you know, they get angry or they're yelling or they start crying or, um, you know, all that that kind of stuff. It's very often that gets put into a finalized process like publishing script essentially. So when the author wrote it, that wasn't actually in there, but then while the the play or the scene was in rehearsal or, or getting worked out, it gets added into it after the fact because the actors did that and they're like, oh, that was good. So then they just kind of shove it in there, but it was never there to begin with. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's the, it's actually the product of the actor's not having any idea of how the scene is supposed to be performed uh but just seeing where it goes and then at some point someone says like ah i like that and so it goes in there um so that's actually i think that's a fascinating element of how sometimes that stuff um comes into play Uh, and then one other thing i know i'm talking about something very specific here but uh there was there's also and when it comes to more so like things like punctuation as well uh there's a terrific book by um well it's not necessarily by him but it's basically it's based on william esper who's a who's an acting teacher and he has this great bit where he's talking about punctuation in uh in like a play or a screenplay and he said he's like that is there for the your experience as a reader because it gives you a sense as a reader of what is going on. It's it's for that medium. It's for the reader medium. He's like, but it's not for the actor medium. He's like, because people don't work in punctuation. Mm. <laughs> we don't we don't speak and function in punctuation. Punctuation is a literary device. It is there for a reader to consume. But it had it, and I thought that was such a such a poignant like um observation and point um as far as the actor and the immediacy and spontaneity with which they need uh in order to do their jobs well so i know i kind of went off on a on a tangent there but it's just something that i find really really fascinating um so i hope if there's any actors or writers out there who are listening to it that uh that
1: there's some something useful there <laughs> yeah You know, it's, uh, well, there's a few things that are coming up for me with this conversation. And I mean, we revisit a lot of stuff from one, you know, from one podcast episode to the next, and there's a lot of reoccurring themes. Um, a couple that are, that are really big for me right now are this sense of presence and this sense of play are just so important in the whole dynamic. And when I think about those things, um, it's this, uh, Presence to me is this ability to respond in the moment in it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost like the game of, uh, you know, creativity, like presence is you playing the game. Right. And so then it kind of demands a certain element of play. And when you, when you actually play, you're not trying to play right. You know, if you're actually playing, you're not, there's not really a right way. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're trusting the instinct and you're trusting the, you know, and there's an element when I think of play, at least for me, I mean, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe other people have a different experience of it, but to me, there's this element of fun and it's, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, like. It, it, it's the the, the exploration that the dynamicism of being in the moment and just like letting it happen and flying by the seat of your pants and all of that I think is such an important part to you know how you approach things and I don't think that people should like listen to this and go like okay so that means I just wing it always it's like well no it doesn't mean you just wing it I mean it doesn't mean you don't practice anymore it doesn't mean you don't uh, you know, think about it and work it out and like, you know, fully, um, consider what you're doing. Um, but, but when it comes down to it, when you're in the actual doing of the thing, you got to let all that go, you know, you gotta, you gotta let it happen. And, you know, Mm. it's, it's this kind of thing where it's like, you, you, you just, You did, you did all the work and you just trust it. And now it's just let it unfold, you know? Yeah. Um, And like sports, I find we're like that, you know, like, just like art. I mean, when you're in the moment and, and you're about to do something, like you're about to take a shot, you're about to, you know, try to deke or get around somebody, or you're trying to do something, you have to be responsive to the moment that's happening. Yeah. There's many ways in which it can unfold and you need to instantaneously from one instant to the next instant, be totally present and responsive to what is happening. If you, if you have any, any idea like in your mind as to what might happen, you have to let that go because that is what's going to get you caught up. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the thing. It's like, we don't learn this and we don't, we are not encouraged of this when we're young, at least not at this point in our, in our, you know, evolution as humankind. And I think that it, it would be best if we were, you know, because yeah. it's an important part of the, not just the creative process, but like of life, you know?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I think like one of the, the strange things around this is that, you know, uh, presence is, is a very high degree of intelligence. Because it's only when you're present that you really are fully able to meet whatever challenges that you, you you only know through being completely present, whatever challenges you run into, what is actually required to solve them. But so often we're trying to know the answers before before we confront the thing. And as a case, we often... Actually miss what's going act what is actually going on in front of us because we have our idea of what's going on. It's like, oh okay, I've prepared for this in your mind. It's like, well, that's not actually what's what's happening, right? so you know we do our practice, we do our our you know elements of preparation um as a way of of nourishing us for the moment, right like it's there in the background, it's not in the foreground it's 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 really not to be thought about that's the thing like in the moment it's not to be thought about it's not to be it's not to be brought out uh just as like an example of this i could use an acting example but let's just use a real life example here a potential real real life scenario okay you know you're having uh you're having a conflict with your partner or a family member or a friend right there's some sort of a an issue that you have going on there's there you're having a and a, a disagreement right a, a very passionate disagreement and you're off on your on your own you're in the car you're out for a walk or something something and you are imagining in your head this fight playing out right this argument because you're about to see them and you're imagining this fight playing out and you're imagining them saying that all of this stuff you's like oh yeah well you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you're just like okay and when they say that i'm gonna follow up with this this is what i'm gonna say and you know like this is i think that most of us can relate to that we we imagine these these things because we're like i want to be prepared i want to be prepared for this thing that is coming so then it actually comes to it you walk through the door you see this person And after, you know, uh, uh, an awkward little dance around, the person looks to you and they just say, I'm sorry, I fucked up. And now you're going, oh, oh, (laughs) because you were expecting a fight. You're expecting something to to go down this, you know, this happens with with actors all the time in, in performance, you know, like you have this idea of how this scene plays in your head, and then your partner comes in with something completely unexpected. And now your this whole plan that you had for how you're going to do the scene is out the window. Mm-hmm. And if you try and force how you had it before, it's going to just be weird, it's not going to make any fucking sense to you to your partner or to anyone who's watching it
1: yeah totally right
0: so but it's the same thing it's we do the same thing in our in our in our lives we we plan and prepare for these situations in our mind because we think that that's going to keep us safe we think that that's going to that that is the the smart thing to do but very often it completely works against us because we're we're not actually prepared for what we're going to what we're walking into you know, and by not being able to recognize and respond spontaneously to the moment with, with openness, with honesty, with vulnerability, with compassion, um, you know, those things are going to serve us in a more intelligent way than any plans that we can come up with. You know, like it's okay to have plans. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it's, but like, but they're they're in service they're in the background they're in the background you you go by the plan until something happens that the plan doesn't work anymore that's that's always the case you know plans we've talked about this many times plans always fall apart in the face of a challenge it hasn't considered hmm. right and there's always things that we have not considered you know our lives are are inundated <laughs> with these plans and then the things that that happen that that interrupt those plans right because we just don't have we don't have the the that level of of insight none of us possess that you know of what exactly is going going to happen you know we're living through that right now (laughs) as you know across the world of just being like of the most some of the most intelligent minds in the world not really knowing how things are going to pan out you know so a little bit of i think when we can accept that we can accept some humility it shows us that the intelligent thing for us to do is to be present is to respond to it to as much as possible learn how we can be present and to respond to the moment as it presents itself to us
1: Yeah, I think also there's another element to all of this is, you know, assuming that other people know what's going on, you know, it's just like (laughs) most people don't know, don't even have an inkling. Like most people are faking it, you know, and, um, they, they, they do this, they do this either out of ignorance because they don't even know they're faking it or they do it intentionally because they're just trying to make it work and get through it, you know? Um, you know, a lot of life is just fake it till you make it, whether you like it or not. Because I mean, the the, the bottom line is, is like, you start out in this world, like knowing nothing really. And then you kind of have to learn as you go. You never know enough to know everything. And so a lot of it is just flying by the seat of your pants, figuring out as you go. And this is all unknown. You know, and when we look at someone else and we go, oh, like they've studied this or they've done that, like they must know. It's like, doesn't mean that they know, <laughs> it just means that they're doing it, you know? And I think like, um, there's this weird, uh, this weird perception that people create where they think, oh, like this person knows something I don't, or they have figured this out. And in, in some ways it's like, yeah, like maybe they figured out some stuff, but like, when you start to realize how little everyone knows, you know, you 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 just start, okay, well, like even if they know a little bit more than me, they only know a little bit more. They don't know that much more. You know what I mean? So um, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna figure it out, I'm gonna try it out, you know. And I, I think that we're I, I hope, I mean, I don't know if we are or not, at least in my circle, it's happening. But I think more and more people are moving away from authority as some type of guide and they're beginning to become their own guide, their own author, their own, uh, authority author of their life, where they begin to say, well, like, look, I make the decisions. I decide what's best for me. And, you know, I think when you look at authority or you look at trust, don't ever let anybody tell you to trust them. It's like, No, you don't tell me to trust you. I tell you, I trust you. It's my trust to give, not yours to take. It's mine to give. And when we start looking at this stuff in terms of this is ours, that like we have the thing and we decide to give it as opposed to you just ask for it and you take it from me or you demand it of me or you expect it of me. We begin to actually become the authors and authorities of our own life. And I, I think like when you start to see that, like the people who are supposed to be authorities, they don't have any idea what they're talking about. And you can look at this in your, you know, you might see this in your teachers in school, you might see this in like politicians, you know, you might see this in all sorts of people. And you start to look, it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're just standing up on a stage acting like you know what you're fucking talking about, and you don't you know? And so it's like, okay, great. So, you know, I'm going to acknowledge that and you're, maybe you're doing that for various reasons, but it doesn't mean that I have to just accept this. And I think like, what's really important too, is like, when you, when you look at what you're doing in your creative life, you know, you can read a book on acting or screenwriting and it can tell you should do this and you should do that. Look at it with more critical perspective. Like, look at it in terms of, you know, they're giving you an option, but don't look at it like it's the way. Never look at anything like it's the way until you've gone about it and done it and it makes sense and you go, oh yeah, this is my way. Like I'm finding my way. You know, we call this way of the artist for a reason, right? It's like, you could, you know, how do you know? Here's a question just for our audience to think about. Let's say you're trying to walk the path of your dreams and you meet a guide along the way. And the guide says, walk down this path. This will lead you to your dreams. And you go, oh, they seem to know they must know where I should go. So you go walk down that path and it leads to this dark fucking dingy hell of an area. And you're like, I guess this is my dreams because they told me so. And I guess this is all part of it. Maybe they led you astray but you never asked because you just trusted blindly to someone that led you astray. So maybe the next person you meet, you might look at them and go like, okay, well, the last person they said with confidence, go this way. And I believe them." maybe you'll look at that next person with a little uh, more skepticism, a little more critical mind and really like go like, well, how do I know that they know the path, you know, and maybe because you walked down the wrong path already, or you, you know, had some experience with that, you begin to go, what, what do I, what's, what seems right for me inside, you know, is it, is what's inside of me can contradicting with what this person is telling me. And if it is, you know, maybe you go your own way and maybe you go your own way and it leads you down a bad path and you go, okay, maybe I was being arrogant about what I thought I should do. You know what I mean? But this is part of the navigating. You got to learn through your own walk through your own travels what the right way is who to listen to who to not listen to and one last thing i'll say about all of this evan is uh you know this was a jordan peterson thing but he you know they asked him like something he was talking about trust but he was saying like when you first trust you trust naively you trust without having any knowledge or so it's like your parents and people who are just kind of like supporting you you know you just trust blindly right and this is a very early stage of trust and then when you find out that people lie and cheat and steal and betray and do all this stuff and you have some of these experiences you go well fine i'm not going to trust right and so then you get go through a stage of like i'm not going to trust at all but ultimately Um, trust is a very important element of us moving forward as humanity, not just of other people, but of ourselves and all of this. Right. And then he said, the third stage is trusting out of courage. You trust because you're courageous enough to trust. And Mm -hmm. there's a huge responsibility that you're taking in that you're like, this might go wrong, but I'm, courageous enough to deal with the consequences of making the wrong choice and i would say that most people are not at that stage where they're being courageous enough to deal with their own mistakes they're actually just avoiding their mistakes so the artist needs to be courageous at the end of the day because you need to trust that the choice you're making is is the choice and that you are responsible for the consequences if you make the mistake and then you're going to deal with that and some you know, you can say, well, I'm not going to trust at all. And you can just stand still. And that's one way to do it. But like your dreams ask you to go forward. So if you want your dreams, if you want your bigger ambitions, or, you know, just, if you want to like live a more whole life, you have to trust, which means you have to have courage. So roundabout way, man, it's all a combatant of fear. (laughs) I (laughs) I say this like every fucking episode, but it's all just don't listen to fear and if you're scared of something you know take responsibility and it's all a risk but like go like okay i'm going to do it because you know i want to and we'll we'll see what happens you know like you don't know how it's going to play out you could stay still or you could go forward and uh i think if you want to move to that stage of really uh, you know, moving forward and whatever it is you're trying to do, he's going to take courage one way or the other. There's no, there's just no two ways about it. It's, you know, at some point you got to trust yourself. You got to trust other people. People are going to lead you astray. You're going to make the wrong choice. It's going to happen, but you just go, okay, well, I'll learn from that. If that's what happens, I'll learn from it. You know.
0: Hey, it's Evan with a quick public service announcement. If you're enjoying the conversation you're hearing and finding it helpful, then please help us and take a second to subscribe to the podcast, and we can all be people helping other people, and that's awesome. Now back to the show. Yeah, I. Uh, it's interesting you you bring this up. I um, well, I haven't actually said this on the podcast, but uh, this seems to be to to be a good segue into this. But um, uh, you know that I'm I'm uh, going to be expecting my my first child probably the only child um next year and uh so you know it <laughs> gets last words <laughs> it gets you uh it gets you it you know i've been thinking about certain things you know about what kind of person i want to be how what kind of example i want to set what kind of um you know hopefully wisdom <laughs> that i want to pass on and One thing that I was actually just thinking about today was uh, like, what is a piece of wisdom, you know, like, and I don't know exactly how this all got started in my mind, but uh, what I was thinking about today was, was be weary of people who speak and act like they have all of the answers. The mark of wisdom is humility. And just like, because I'm like, yeah, like, I don't want my kid to get bamboozled by people who just, you know, and we, cause there's so many people out there like that. You know, sometimes I get worried. I'm like, oh, I hope we're not putting that kind of shit across on, on our show here. You know, like we, I think as much as possible, we're just trying to understand and dive into things and, and learn you know, is, is really what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to learn together, but I am always myself. I've, I've learned to become weary of people who act like they have the answers. I have the answer for you. Here it is. Yeah. For only, for only (laughs) (laughs) 1995, you know, like it's, uh, it's, I've learned that that's, that's, that's someone to be weary of not necessarily that they don't have anything to share. That's valuable, but to just be very cautious around people who, who are like that, who act like that. Um, and, uh, also in everything that you were saying, you remind me of a, a quote that I actually just saw yesterday, um, which I think pertains somewhat, somewhat to this and definitely, pertains to our time, <laughs> even though this was said in 1946 by, um, by Gertrude Stein. Uh, she said, everybody gets so much information all day long that they lose their common sense. Mm. <laughs> can anyone nice. relate? Can anyone relate to that one? <laughs> she was saying it was from, uh, it was from her, um, uh, writing she did called uh, "Reflections on the Atom Bomb."
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: Oof. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, like it's just it's just information is not necessarily intelligence. Information is not necessarily wisdom. Yeah, uh,
1: and information is not like you know the you don't know like like you don't really know all the time if the information you're getting is accurate, true, like you know, because so much of it comes back down to perception, you know, one, one of the things yeah. I think I like, I think I came across at some point, like, oh, well, I must've been like uh, years and years ago, but it was like, uh, like a guide or a mentor, you know, they don't tell you like, they, they don't tell you what to see. They, they help you see where to look, you know, they mm-hmm. don't, but they don't tell you what to see. When you look over there, they, they just help you to look in a direction that, you know, that can help you. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not about, um, because like you can look at something and we can look at the same thing and what we pick out and what's important and what matters and, you know, how we extract information from that is different. Uh, and you have to remember that every time someone tells you some bit of information, it's coming through their value system of what they think is important. And, and a lot of the time, the information that people are telling you is not important to you. It's maybe important to them, or maybe they think it is, but th- this is the one thing that we have to like, be very mindful of. It's like, you have to continually go like, pick and choose what actually matters. What what do you want to work with? Because there's, Plenty of information. There's plenty of things to see and there's plenty of things to notice. But, like, what do you want to be focusing on? What do you want to notice? And your superpower is in your attention. Your superpower is in your focus. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, if you want to focus on, you know, I mean, we can look at this in terms of like, you want to look at how the world is, everybody's treated unfairly and it's doom and gloom and we're all going to hell in a handbasket. And you want to focus on that. You'll get a lot of that because that's what you're looking for. And if you want to look at how, you know, we're constantly transcending it and we're figuring it out and we're getting better, or at least I'm figuring out how to get better through it. You'll see a lot of that. So they're both there, you know, the dark and the light and and everything in between is always there. But what part of it are you going to see, you know? Um, And, and look, I'm not saying that like, there's another side of this, right? Like if you just want to, if you just want to feel good and you want to like look at the world and you're like, I don't want to look at anything bad and I'm going to stick my head in the sand and just, you know, pretend it doesn't exist. I mean, do so at your own peril, you know, because at the same time, like if you're denying the fact that something bad is happening and you just refuse to look at it, um, deny it, your own peril, like you're, you're going to fall victim to it. Cause you're just not noticing it. And you're like, you know, if something doesn't feel right. And you're just like, I won't pay attention to that. Cause that doesn't feel good. And I don't want to see that. It's like, look, reality doesn't care that the rock's falling on your head. If you see the rock falling on your head, move. You know what I mean? Don't just be like, oh, like, I don't want to pretend a rock's falling on my head or I don't want to look at that. It's like the rock's going to hit you, you know? So you got to move. So like, I think there's a there is a certain kind of practicality to seeing the darkness as much as there is to seeing the light. But, you know, you can live in your goodness in in the goodness and the, the the feel good but don't ignore the shadows don't just like block them out entirely you know what i mean um yeah there's a there's a there's a there's a balance and i think sometimes people hear that and they go oh well, i'll just focus on the good and it that, like that's like a band-aid solution to a problem you know it's like yeah. oh i get it it's simple like don't oversimplify it like it's how much shadow you want to see and how much light you want to focus on is entirely up to you and whatever seems necessary. And sometimes you're going to need to see more shadow than you are light because it's actually for your survival. But in other times when, when it's not about that, you know, focus on the light and then just, you know, see the shadows pass. But, Mm -hmm. and it might be at one point in your life, it's mostly light, but at another point in your life, it's mostly shadow. And it just depends. Like it's not, like a one-size-fits-all through all your life, through all the time that you live, it's an ever-changing dynamic thing, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that um, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm sort of just thinking about this, what you're saying in terms of light and shadow and that relationship because it's like, yeah, what is that relationship and, and what's, what's presenting itself to me right now is that if you choose to remain ignorant of the shadow, you are precisely that, you are ignorant. You will be <clears throat> incapable of actually helping to solve problems because you don't, you, you don't understand the problems enough. You don't understand the challenges. You don't understand how, how, um, how you can help and how people need, need help right so that's the that's the problem that's sort of the shadow of ignoring the shadow yeah right and just choosing the light however if you only focus on the shadow the thing that the light offers is actually a way you know like like the 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 light is is offering a place for us to get to so if we're not looking for light either you just stay stuck and you just stay stuck in the problems you know, um, and lost
1: in the darkness and lost in that.
0: the darkness, the light, yeah. the light, <laughs> the light points the way, right. It gives right. us, or you could argue,
1: sorry, Evan, I don't want to cut you off, but you can get lost in the light because if you have no shadow, no, no differentiating yeah. uh element, it's just bright white light. I mean, you get lost mm-hmm. in that too.
0: So, yeah. And, and that's essentially I think, contrast, what, right? what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is yeah. that like either way, right. Either way uh you don't, Either way, yeah, you, you, you can get lost in either, right? Like you remain ignorant if you stay in the darkness, um, but you're equally ignorant if you stay just in the light, right? Through the balance, we actually find we, we have, um, we can have compassion and wisdom, which is, I think, part of what, what, uh, the dark and the shadow offer us, uh, you know, when we, when we open up to it in a, in a useful way. Um, Because yeah, like people who, some of the most kind people that uh, you'll ever meet are people who have been through some shit, you know, they, uh, they've, they know what it's like to go through difficulty. They know what it's like to struggle. They, they've experienced suffering and come through the other side of it and so it it helps us to become it helps us to become wise uh when we're listening to it you know it's all it's all something useful for uh our own our own learning um but yeah there's there's uh
1: there's a balance there for sure yeah there's balance it's you know it's uh and, and I think that, you know, one of the key things about balance is just that it's, it's different at different times, you know? And I think when someone tries to give you some blanket idea of how, on how to do approach anything, it's like, well, this is only relevant some of the time, you know? And I like, it's, you know, it's like when you're playing a sport, right? You're you know you're behind a goal or you're behind points and you got to press you got to be offensive you got to push you got to catch up because if you lose the game there's other consequences and blah blah blah, and and the goal is to win the game so you press and you're offensive and you put your attention on trying to create opportunities and scoring chances and whatever but then there's the other dynamic is that you're up a goal and you know you're currently winning and sometimes you know offense is a good approach, but sometimes you want to be in defense, you know, and it's about, okay, well, like we need to, we need to, you know, buckle down. We need to back up. We need to not take too many risks so we don't leave ourselves vulnerable or open, you know, and uh, various sports do this in different ways and whatever, but like life is like that, you know, there's a time to press and be offensive. There's a time to be defensive and it's totally dynamic and dependent on the situation. So you know, the risks that you take when everything is just, you know, taken care of, everything's good, you can take sometimes bigger risks. And, you know, it would be, uh, you know, it it would be mindful and smart to do so. But there's times where you're like, maybe you're in more of a survival mode, or things are more desperate, or things are more challenging. And you need to be more conservative. And it's, and the risks you take need to be smaller. And not because you're scared to to, you know, take a bigger risk. It's just more intelligent to take a smaller, more conservative risk. And that's going to be totally dependent on the situation. And, and this is where presence come in. This is where it's like, you have to pay attention and be like, well, what situation am I in right now? You know? And when, you know, in, in a sense, the score, then you know how to respond and you know what to do. And, um, and then again, you know, you could be in a position where normally you would defend, but you decide to take a big risk and you decide to be very offensive and go for it because you figure that that going against the norm is actually better for you. But you have to decide is the point. And there's no yeah. one band-aid solution to every scenario. And I think like the artist looks at things in terms of, okay, what's my approach in this moment? You Mm -hmm. know, and it might be totally unique to what someone else is and it's all, and it's so based on so many other factors and only, you know, those factors, you know? And I think,
0: uh, you know, just because you, you've brought up sports into this, but it, it extends well beyond sports, but, you know, we have this, this, a fairly common thing that, uh, is more so acceptable in our society, but we say it's like, oh, they have good instincts right? Good instincts. And it's this thing that, you know, when we think about that and what that means, it 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 implies something of something you can't exactly be taught, right? It's something that comes from that that person. They have an instinct about something. And that is, to me, is all about this presence that we're talking about. That's what instincts are. It's a sense of presence that tells you what to do before your head has figured it out right like it's it tells you to to just move to do something that's where you know the best uh that's where the best artists and athletes occupy so much of their time the best the best business people the best you know um leaders they they're not unintelligent they're not uninformed they don't they don't um bypass that but you know, as one of our favorite uh, philosophers, Alan Watts says, you know, there's an infinite number of information that you can take in. And when it comes to any decision, we, it's, it ultimately always comes down to, you know, making a gut decision, right? You take in the information you can, but eventually you've got to make a decision because you could just, you could, you can stay stuck in just absorbing information and you never, you'll never completely exactly know what the right decision is right? Oh, it's interesting. This has got to come full circle, but you know, when we talk about good instincts, I think that those are people who have learned to listen and to develop a trust in, in how their whole being is, uh, is responding to a moment. There's, um, oh, I wish I could remember exactly how this, this quote goes, but it's really, it's, it was from a uh a japanese zen sword master who who said something like i listen with my whole body or i think i think it was just like i think with my whole body like it's not just a it's it's not just a an element that comes up from the from the head it's it's a whole body being responsiveness to the moment, you know, and that's, uh, that's pretty trademark of a lot of the, the Zen arts, right? It's learning to, to develop and tap into that spontaneous instinct that knows what to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, we were just visiting, you know, recently and, uh, you and myself and my wife, Kat, we were talking about, you know, those, those moments where, uh, you're just like, how am I doing this right now? Right. Like, uh, especially in, in, I think we were speaking specifically around sports or something right now, where you're just like, you know, you're just weaving in and out of people and, and you're just like, how am I doing this? I don't like, cause, (laughs) but it's just something has clicked together. It's that's, That's those moments when, when everything has just come together. That's when those good instincts have, have come into play where there's not really thought about what's going on. There's just doing it, right? That's good instincts. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think that instincts is, it's one of the acceptable terms that we have for it. Cause I could say intuition and sometimes people get a little weirded out by it's like intuition as a word. A lot of people love the word, but, um, you know, good instincts, it seems to be the one that's like most acceptable in our, in our culture, but it's, it does speak to something. Um, it speaks to something that, that we experience as human beings.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of elements around all of, all of that, you know, is it, is it experience? Is it like. You know your observation of patterns, you know, and knowing how things tend to play out, and so then you have an intuition about it or an instinct about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, like, you know, the goal in your life is to live fully and to enjoy it and and feel like you can. I, I think you know, if you're listening to something like this podcast and these types of talks, there's something inside of you that you want to get out, or there's some way or some thing you're trying to do that that's important to you, or there's something, maybe you just want more, you know, and that like calling that, that, that thing that's there is trying to find an outlet and a way to navigate. And I think like a lot of what we're looking at when we have these kind of conversations, well, how do I remove those blocks that are stopping this thing from being able to come out and, and do what it needs to do? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, life, life is not this black and white thing. And I think that you can, you can do your life in a black and white way and you can get certain kind of results and you can play games that work in a very systematic way. Like, you know, go to school, get a job, do this thing, you know, you can do all that stuff and it's very predictable and it's very kind of like mundane and boring and whatever, but it is what it is and does certain things and it gets certain results. Um, is it fulfilling? Does it make you, you know, does it make you wake up with purpose or, or do you, does it, is doing it something that you're trying to escape from all the time where you get home and you're like, oh, I just need a break from that bullshit. I need like to to have a drink or watch TV or do something right. Like, and if you're having that response for a lot of what you're investing in time and energy into your life, it might, that might be a calling to say like, Hey, like, I don't want to like just try and get through my life so I can escape it. And if that's how you're living, you know, something like these kind of talks is, is something where you can start to go, okay, well, like if I was to approach my life in a new way, um, in a less standardized, less predictable way, you know, what would I do and how would that look, you know? And, Mm -hmm. you know, like fortune favors the bold, right. Very, (laughs) very famous kind of saying, it's like, look, you got, you're going to have to like dare a little bit to try go into the unknown, do something a little bit less common. And, and I think if you're going to do that, you need to simply accept the fact that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to make errors and things are going to go wrong. And, um, you just decidedly say, like, if things don't go as I plan, I'll deal with it when that happens, you know, and, in a lot of the dealing with it when it happens, gives you that resilience and that stuff, which actually is what builds your courage, which makes you more bold. And then because you're more bold, you can take more chances. And you, you begin to see like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like I, all these fears and things that are manufactured in my head are just manufactured. They're not real. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and if you, if you try to live really comfortable life, I think there's actually like you get this temporary kind of um, uh, victory, but it's like a huge cost that comes later. And you don't always see that in the moment, but I think a lot of people experience it or they have an insight into it. And so then they go, well, like, I don't want to just, I don't want to just play the black and white game. I don't want everything to just be boring and simple and like unfulfilling. There's more to this, you know, but that requires you being a courageous and dynamic person or, or stepping into the courage and dynamicism that you have. You just haven't given it space. And I mean, to do that, it's just like, you know, like what we're saying is like, you got to be willing to step into the unknown and, uh, You know, like just to kind of give a a more solid example of that. It's like black and white world is this person's in the position. They're the teacher, they're the doctor, they're the politician, they're the, whoever, and they know that's black and white world. They know. And I don't, that's black and white. The artist world is they say they know, (laughs) and I don't know if I know, and I'm not going to say that they do know, but let's see. And you look into it. You don't just trust someone because they wear a white lab coat or, you know, like, like I studied social psychology and it's a fantastic study because you, what you start to realize is that there's like they did, they did experiments where it's like all someone had to do is wear a white lab coat and hold on to a, you know, hold on to a form, you know, clipboard and people would listen to them, you know, and it's like, Oh, if they're, if they look like a doctor, if it, if it quacks like a duck, it is a duck, you know, it's like that. that yes. isn't, you know what I mean? But it's just like, we have these, these social cues where we, we literally are like in the matrix because we just follow them because we were told to follow them. And that's a very black and white limited type of thinking. And you can be easily misled that way. And there's, you don't think there's plenty of scammers out there that are just walking around aware of this totally taking advantage of you because they know that's how you work. Like, you know, you got to be more critical. You got to stop, uh, doing your life on this robotic model of black and white and everything just is as, as it looks, you know, there's so much more going on. And I think the artist wants to investigate that and, and, uh, they, they, they don't just want to, it's a necessity because, you know, the only way to break out of this like mechanical black and white way of doing life is to begin to be critical of it is to begin to question it is to begin to sometimes defy it, you know, but if you're not willing to do that, I mean, you're just going to continue to be in the robotic existence of predictability, you know, and there's no art in that (laughs) just, there isn't, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're not drinking a beer today because, uh, we, uh, (laughs) we got, we had to, we had to record this one, uh, earlier, uh, uh, in, um, early morning podcast. Uh, so, uh, beer was a little, a little early for beer for our taste. So we're just drinking the good old, the good old Java,
1: the good old Java, I don't really have much, much to say about it other than, you know, it's, uh. It's nice to have a little coffee
0: <laughs> yeah I'm drinking just just in the spirit of what we normally do uh I'm drinking ethical bean oh, ethical nice. bean sweet espresso it's my it's my go-to uh nice well-rounded not too dark <laughs> doesn't have that burnt taste to it which so much coffee does um It's nicely balanced and, uh, and it's delicious. And, uh, you know what? I, I enjoy sitting down for a chat over a coffee, probably just as much as I enjoy uh chat over a beer. So there we go. There you go.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll just leave it with your intro. I'm just having some coffee with some creamer. Well, I don't even know what coffee. Um, I'm not sure. And, uh, the, uh, Creamer is like a like I tried out this uh, Oreo creamer, which is actually pretty oh. good. <laughs> Keep shot it sounds weird, but it actually. Uh, uh, it's actually. Oh, Brandon! I know, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Like I, like,
0: I don't doubt that it maybe has a taste. I'm just, I'm just imagining what the ingredient list in that <laughs> thing looks like. I and and just I'm questioning Brandon just how much actual food product. <laughs> <laughs> is in yeah. there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Rock on man. Rock
1: on, <laughs> You try it out, man. You tried some things. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you know, let's wrap, I guess let's wrap it up. Uh, I, I mean, I hope, I don't know I'll, I'll start. I, I hope that we got to some type of clarity through this conversation. I feel like a lot of things that we talk about just kind of got reiterated over and over. Um, but You know, I I would say, like, just give yourself more room to explore your life. Like, like don't look at things so rigidly or so black and white or right and wrong or, you know, good or bad, you know, and, and, and stop taking information from outside sources as though it is more than what, you know, inside. You know there is, uh, there is a time. There is a time to follow the rules, and there is a time to break the rules. You know there is a time to, uh, you know, listen and take heed to the guidance. But then there's also a time to ignore it and defy it and go your own way. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if if you come up to a crosswalk and there are no cars in sight and it's doesn't say walk are you going to wait or are you going to walk you know and like technically it's jaywalking if you go and you walk across the street you know but like become aware you know like yeah like what's the why does the law exist you know why does the rule exist you know and if we use this walking symbol i mean They do this so that in a busy time, there's a certain amount of predictability and it creates safety and consistency and flow. That's why it's there. So if you're gonna break the law or break a rule, just try to understand why the rule is there. And if you understand why it's there, then it's not breaking it because the rule was based on a value. And so, if you're not breaking the value, you're not breaking the thing. Same thing as if someone tells you to do something, but it breaks a value that you have, don't do it. Don't do something that goes against a value. Like just, like just because it's the law, doesn't mean you should do it. You know, and you need to. You need to. The artist needs to begin to become autonomous. You know, you you stop being a robotic machine. You know, like, like who says that you should go into a classroom, sit in a, in a line and, and listen to someone talk at the front of the room. Like who says that that's the best model for education yet we all learned and we're all indoctrinated into that system. And so you go, okay, well, that's how it works in this environment, but it doesn't mean it's the best. It just is a model for doing something. You know and and the artist you know i i personally believe that my opinion is that we should not be educated that way i think we should be sitting in a circle and who's ever the authority figure should be sitting in the circle with you as one of you because i don't think anybody should ever be uh, held as higher in terms of you're somehow like like i think we need to eradicate certain things about status trust like just because you stand at the front of the table or behind the podium doesn't grant you my trust. You don't get it just because you stood in the position or you wore the lab coat or you did the fucking thing. I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I don't, you have to earn it. And we need, we need a society where not only do people have to earn our trust, but we, we earn our own trust. You know, you don't just get it. You don't just get given these things. You earn them. You, you, you think about them and you work it out for yourself. You know, people will tell you all the time, you have to do this and you have to do, this. you don't have to do jack shit. You do whatever you want to do. And I don't mean to be vulgar with my language, but I feel like this is a point that's really important to bring home is like, look, be in the moment, be present, be dynamic, you know, don't be a predictable little machine that just does as they're told and just follows like a paint by numbers model of your life. You know, and I think that's kind of what we're we're trying to say. At least that's what I'm trying to say. You can paint outside the lines if that's what's right for you. And you're going to need to figure out when that is. And, you know, and you need to stop looking for someone else to give you the answer. Or you need to stop basing if you do paint outside the lines. If someone tells you, oh, that's wrong. If it isn't wrong for you, it isn't wrong. So you need to learn to have that kind of confidence and trust in yourself. And that's where your art exists. It exists outside of the realm of machine predictability, paint by numbers models. Um, you know and I, I think this is the thing. this is you know what we're getting to and that's going to happen through presence. it's going to happen through courage, it's going to happen through play, exploration. Um, and these are qualities that I implore you to in, invest in and investigate as, as an artist and just a human being who has so much more to offer than a paint by numbers life.
0: Well said, sir. Well said. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, this this conversation really jumped jumped right out of this whole thing of, of right and wrong. And I'll just start out by reiterating what we were talking about at the beginning, which is that creativity does not exist in the space of right and wrong, right? not Not in the objective sense, like there's a right way and a wrong way to do it there's your way you know that's always how creativity is doing it there's 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 your way and and discovering how you do it you know just like how many people can play the same part the same role but no one's seen how you do it right and that and that's the right way the right way is you figuring out how you do it how you connect to something how you express something The truth of something um through your eyes and and sharing it and expressing it um creatively uh and uh interestingly enough i mean it i'm sure that we've probably talked about something along these lines before but for some reason i don't know maybe we haven't maybe we haven't really gotten into this before but my favorite uh my favorite poem of of all time is uh is from rumi who's also the like the best-selling poet of all time <laughs> even though i don't know how much money he ever made <laughs> as a poet um because he he lived many hundreds of years ago but um he has this poem beyond ideas of right doing and wrongdoing there is a field and i will meet you there uh i encourage people to look up the rest of that that poem but uh there is a there is a, a creative space that exists beyond just right and wrong the creative space exists in in the space beyond right and wrong so learn just explore explore that space take yourself out of as you're, you know as you said like this black and white type of thinking Immerse yourself in the in the in the murky uh, gray areas and and find your way through, you know, work your way through and see what what you come out with at the other side. You know, we can't tell you what you'll come out with, and no one can tell you what 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 you'll come out with. But you might have something to share with us. You know, you might have something to contribute. You know what I mean? Because everything is constantly evolving. Even our information of what we understand to be materially true in the world is changing every single day. What we once thought as certain and absolute yesterday is a complete falsehood the next. You know, so it's not about like, you know, it's not about not having something to say on a subject. It's not about not even having something really great to say on something, but that it's really just about continuing to contribute to the evolution of, of knowledge and wisdom wherever you are and whatever, whatever place your passion is. You, know, you can contribute something to that and know that other people will take what you have said and, and they will evolve it and they will grow it. And that's part of a beautiful tradition to be in. You know, just we all stand on the on the shoulders of giants, and and we've taken what's what's been been done before, and we and we and we take it to to new places when we're willing to do it. But that only comes from from that exploration. That that uh, I think, as T. S. Eliot put it, that's the ceaseless exploration. Um, that we come to maybe know a little bit about something. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate,
1: creative conversation going.